Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9. In this episode, Alex and Jen chat all things ego. From the origins through Freud and his psychosexual theory to how we talk about egos today, they discuss all aspects in between. Alex and Jen pick it apart, look at its definition and language used to describe it, why it's such a fascinating topic in coaching, how coaches are taught to become aware of it in both themselves and their clients, and how you, the listener, needn't view the ego as a negative aspect of yourself, but a tool for feedback. As ever, they add some top tips in just how to do that. If you have any questions or queries or would like to get involved in the next conversation, then Jen and Alex are here to help. Please do get in touch. Welcome to Coffee and Coaching. Other hot drinks are available, so grab one, sit back and listen. Hello, hello. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Everything's changed. Uh, what do you mean? Like, when you come in to this, it was all weird and it made me put my name and everything. Whereas before, oh, it knew me. It's called something, it's called Podcasters as well. Yeah, it's all changed on Spotify, yeah. It's all changed. This is the first podcast from my new office. Mm. So no cardboard boxes? Boxes. It's just a small little room, so in theory, the sound should be really good. It's, it's a little bit echoey, but is it? We'll let you off. Okay. You need your cardboard box back. I need my, I need my big cushions and cardboard box back. And this is the second option. Yeah, that's better. Okay, right. Does that Let's mean you're sat it. in some weird, awkward position now? No. <laughs> this is me in a handstand. Yeah. We've got about three minutes. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I can't do a handstand. <laughs> All right, here we go. Episode cranky. Episode nine, season yeah. two. Why not? Right. Welcome to season two, episode nine of Coffee and Coaching with myself, Alex Manos, and my co-host, Jen Nichols. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking about ego today. And well, I don't really know where the conversation is going to go because this is a pretty big topic. And we're going to try and, I guess, keep it simple. Um, Jen, you are way more of an expert on this than I am. So oh, I'm, gonna... not, I'm not an expert. I'm, uh, just, I'm just fascinated by it. <laughs> Jen is very, very more, very more, Christ. Um, <laughs> Jen is a lot more red. Egotistical than <laughs> Alex. <laughs> right. So Jen knows more about this stuff than I do. So if I'm just going to keep it like that. Uh, why don't we start with a bit of a brief, like, like what is ego, Jen? Like it's, it's a word that's perhaps used in everyday language, mm. but obviously there is some pretty uh there's a lot of depth to to the term in terms of psychological history yeah. around this and you having just done your psychology degree as well will no doubt give us a succinct definition of it oh i don't know about succinct um i, I mean i personally would call it that kind of voice that, that voice in your head that's telling you what you should or shouldn't do in the moment it's that kind of you know the story you tell yourself labels you attach to yourself that that just 
just that ongoing narrative of, well, this is who I am. You know, these are the these are the beliefs I have. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think most people will probably identify with that kind of voice in the head thing, that kind of inner critic or inner champion or whatever. I think that's probably the most simple way that most people would understand it. Is that your kind of? Yeah, I mean, there's, if we, I don't know if you want to very briefly tell the listeners like the the history of the, the sort of Freudian model of the id and the ego and the superego, just um, yeah. that, that may help. Well, so as we've established, the weirdo that is Sigmund Freud. <laughs> He's got guys listening. It's turning into screen. All right, go on. Um, He developed this um, kind of model for the ID, the super ego, and the ego, and this kind of conscious and unconscious mind model. Um, But he, um, we've mentioned this before. He said he kind of sexualized all the stages of development, and then called it this psychosexual development. Um, and basically just, you know, relates it all back to sort of personality traits to whichever stage of development you're in at, at um, for, through childhood, basically from birth to about 18 years old. So the ID, this idea of the ID was this um, animalistic, basic storehouse of, you know, your kind of instincts, you know, that drive mm. for like warmth and food and shelter and sex and all that kind of stuff. And then he described the ego as that um, executive part of our personality so this kind of mediator between you know the inner child the inner animal the kind of stuff that we want in you know the instant gratification Mm. side of us versus the um, you know the kind of social reality of you know getting what we want in those moments um and then the super ego is like the conscience of that ego that that inner (laughs) animalistic side of us um which develops through um through socialization basically so that kind of um, how our parents taught us our values and attitudes and it basically is like the parent that keeps us in check yeah so when we're the toddler in us is screaming i want it now the ego is going well you can have it later if you do xyz you know and then the mm-hmm. super ego is going well don't be so silly stop asking like that find another way you can't have it right now um and it's that kind of so he he was like well you know we learn hopefully through relatively good parenting um how to manage our ego you know that screaming toddler um and teachers that you know teachers how to get what we want in um socially acceptable ways you know that being able to interact um and keep your keep your animal side <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit quieter so it's kind of, i guess it's kind of like it's like three internal voices isn't it like kind of um three yeah. sides of your personality um, to, I, I guess we don't realise we're doing it as well a lot of the time. I kind of understand that model, but um, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a convoluted description. And you know, as we've alluded to before, like his um, this psychosexual development thing is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Even just the names of the stages of development are just yeah. just really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, let's not get into a uh, thrashing of no, ancient, ancient psychology, uh, ancient of, of past psychologist uh, <laughs> podcasts. Maybe we'll, we'll reserve that for another time. Yeah. But I guess with that definition, that the ego doesn't take a place where it's like, oh, this really bad thing. It's just it's it's part of um, it's, it's part of that sort of mm, who we are personality that we yeah. are. Whereas now, I think 
when we use it in modern language, it's viewed as bad. You know, like you, you, you know, we said someone has a big ego mm. or that ego so egotistical, all this kind of stuff. So it doesn't have a it doesn't have a positive kind of affirmation towards it, does it? Whereas no, no. historically, it was like actually just three parts. And it reminds me a little bit of, and I don't know whether or not it was sort of based on this. It reminds me a little bit of the chimp model, you know, the chimp mm. paradox of like the human, the chimp and the computer, the kind of raw emotional kind of drive, the chimp, which we sort of have to keep in check. And then the human side of it, um, you know, sort of learn behaviors and the computer that stores all that and then comes to comes for you to kind of draw on as and when yeah. it's needed. So it's a little bit like that. It's like you've got the id, which is the chimp, the yeah. ego, the human, and then the superego, the computer, kind of looking objectively inwards and going, all right, well, now I've got all this information from the id and the ego, and you can use me now to you know, yeah, either do something destructive or yeah. do something constructive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it, it must have, you know, I don't know, it'd be nice Yeah, to his was speak. just a modern day version of that. Yeah. It? It'd make yeah. it a bit easier to understand or, or it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, that's enough history of the ego. <laughs> why, why is it important? Like, why are we having a conversation around it today? And specifically, I guess, you know, in, in our job both as a coach and working with clients, you know, what is it about knowing about the ego that can help us in mm. in either in either way, both coach and client? What's your experience of it? Well, I, I brought it up as a topic because I asked to dismiss our previous plans and talk about this because I realised <laughs> that um, mine was showing up quite a lot lately and I've been having discussions and like reflections on um my coaching that was making me go do you know what I'm like I'm trying to control this too much I'm being too I'm, I'm assuming too much are you dying there Alex you okay no no I'm okay sorry <laughs> I'm all right let's check, let's check. <laughs> so yeah I think it was from a personal perspective initially um and i kind of went back to looking at um you know actually why is it why is it so loud right now um and i think because if you're feeling a bit stuck or things feel a bit icky or you feel like you're doing lots of um i guess things like comparison or beating yourself up a bit or you know that kind of inner critic is getting really loud it's kind of like, I was like, okay, what's going on here then? Um, and 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 taking control of situation, you know, just that kind of trying to take control. What was trying to? Why was I trying to take over this stuff? Why was my ego being really loud in those moments? Um, so that that was part of it. Um, so can I just pause you there? It was yeah, go for it. Okay, so you had you were aware that you were in a place that you were stuck or icky or whatever mm. and was it then your reaction to that that you're describing as your ego in terms of like trying to get out of that and questioning what was happening is that is that what we're saying to the listener is that that's the yeah, ego part of it or yeah um I, I think also I, I as a coach you can very often feel like a bit of a hypocrite 
you're asking mm. all these questions um and you know you kind of very often you kind of feel like you know the answer to them as well isn't it and it's when that's starting to happen it's like hang on a minute no and the the person that I was asking these questions to and here's me going oh I know what she's going to say now and then mm. she didn't and she was saying other things I was like oh hang on a minute you need to shut that voice up now you need to be going a bit more um open-minded to this and it was those kind of moments that were making me go you know there's a kind of reality check of what was happening um, but I guess, I don't know, in everyday life, do people do that? I mean, it's kind of part of our job, isn't it, to to bring the ego into check. It's something mm. that we get taught um, as part of the training and that kind of stuff, so we're kind of maybe a bit more aware of it than others. But I suppose that is that is one way people can check, isn't it? They're kind of, you know, um, this is happening in these moments. And how did you work um, through it? Um go back to well actually it made me go back and start to question some of my beliefs um it because i was you know i was believing and assuming that this was going to happen in this moment when i asked this question because that's what i know and that's what's happened before and they were my filters on this certain topic um and when i got a very different answer and it and it challenged my belief and it challenged my um you know kind of thought process around that topic that's when I was like, okay, I need to go away and explore this a bit more and expand my perspective so that it doesn't happen again. Um, mm. And and yeah, it's that hypocrite, those hypocrite moments. I was going on about you know challenging beliefs and and opening mm. your mind up to all this stuff, and then I was going, well, I'm I haven't done that. I need to, I need to go away and do that. <laughs> yeah, um, which is I I mean I, that's what I love about coaching. It's one of the big you know one of the things I love about coaching is the mirror gets held up to you too. Absolutely. So yeah. And how have you found that it shows up with the work that you do with clients? But you know, uh, let me just add a bit of a sub question to that, or or, or just a quick sub analysis. Um, it's not something that we like. We don't call people's ego out, do we? We don't sit on a call and go, "Right, it sounds like your ego is taking over here," <laughs> yeah. or we, you know, we're not. Yeah. We don't have those conversations. But what is it? What clues do you have in conversations with clients where you think that there is, you know, an ego issue? If not, yeah, it, um, I think it comes back to the beliefs thing, doesn't it? It's the beliefs and values thing. I think it, it, the labels. If they're going, oh, I can't do this because, and they start <laughs> giving you all these this list of reasons uh, because of the labels that they've attached to themselves, or the you know just this ongoing narrative of I'm not that type of person and I don't do that and I can't do this mm. and I can't have that. Um, it's that, isn't it? And and then that's when we start to challenge that that story that they tell themselves. You know, well, what if this wasn't true? And what if you know it's those kind of uh, moments, isn't it, to break down the the limitations for them. You know, the ego likes to stay in the known, doesn't it? We like that comfort zone. We like to know where we're heading and what we're doing. And it gets uncomfortable when we, you know, try to push people out of that. And which is when the ego probably gets a bit louder, isn't it? Maybe maybe it becomes a bit louder when people like us challenge, um, you know, the kind of coachee. I don't know how, how yeah. have you seen it show up? Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. I tell you, actually, I tell you, um, this is a good example, actually, I think. I had a, I'd been working with a client and I wasn't really sure whether or not I was having much of an impact 
and you know we'd had a we'd had a few sessions we'd had a sort of intensive half day session and we had a follow up and another follow up and sort of on the back of one of the follow ups I thought well you know she sort of hadn't done some of the work on some of the questions and um and I was just I was questioning myself you know whether or not I was a you know, even ready competent. for this type of, yeah, competent, yeah, or ready for this type of client because you're slightly different to the other clients that I'd had. And anyway, and I left, I left one of the calls, and I basically had, I wrote an email to her. Like, so my, my, I think my chimp took over because mm. I kind of went a little bit. I, I started calling her out. Like, I started calling her out on some of the things that we're saying. Um, because she'd, she'd mentioned that, you know, she was having, she had another coach as well and, um, you know, she wasn't making much progress and nice conversations. And I was thinking, oh, well, I don't really want to be stuck here having nice conversations with you. Like, I want to have an impact. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I wrote this really long email. It was pretty long. And I didn't send it because I looked back and I thought, of course, that's a bit, it's a bit aggressive. It's sort of more telling her off. And anyway, um, I then had a conversation with a, with a mentor and we spoke through this. I said, look, I've got, you know, I've got this client and I think I think she needs to be sort of told some stuff because um, you know, she's not sort of taking some action and I, and I don't know how to tell her and it's feedback and then I was writing some stuff on feedback, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I invited her to a feedback session and I hadn't decided to do this before and then I got on a call and I went, um, I think I'm going to do something a little bit edgy here. I'm going to read an email which I actually drafted to send you. Do you mind if you just sit there and, and listen to it? So I sat there for about a minute and a half or two minutes just re- reading this email. Now, it actually it makes it sound like it was, you know, very really it, it, it wasn't, but it was just, it was observing things that I'd heard and going, perhaps these are the reasons. It actually wasn't, you know, it wasn't inflammatory, but it was edgy. Yeah. It was like, oh, how is this person going to respond to somebody calling me out on things that I've been saying or not saying or not doing mm. um, because the risk is that they go, well, that's a bit out of order. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not a kid here. Mm. Why, is, why is he doing this? So I was kind of risking my own professional, um, I guess, what's it called? Professional, re- not reputation, but yeah, that I mean, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. The relationship Because have, the, yeah. the ego in me was kind of going, right, I, I need to do this. Like I need to do this from a professional point of view. And if I don't, it's actually not serving my practice and it's not serving her actually. Mm. And it went really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. she, she kind of sat there and went, yeah, you, you know, you're right on the things that you're saying. We had, it allowed us to move forward to have a more honest conversation around the things that I'm observing. And I guess what, what it showed for me was I was happy or happier to stay safe and to stay in a place where I know and to to do something that was easy and to jump on a call where you know we have a sort of conversation and you know we don't maybe get to some place at the end of it, which is not really the essence of coaching, but sometimes you know, sometimes in a long coaching relationship you may have those sessions. Um, so I thought, oh, do you know what? Don't you know? Don't don't rock the boat here. Okay, this is a this is a client. You know, don't upset them. All this kind of stuff. And then I kind of looked, and I remember reading an article once from from Rich saying, you know, how he you know he sacked a client once essentially for for, for not you know sticking to the agreements. So I thought, mm. 
God, that's pretty ballsy, to be honest. And I sort of took that risk. And I went, well, if I'm going to progress and speak and work with the types of clients that I want to be invested in, and for me to showcase my talents, I'm going to have to take these risks. And mm. you've mentioned in the notes we've had, like, I've got to step out of this comfort zone because I could happily just stay here, but it's not doing me any good. And actually, or it's, not, doing, yeah. it's yeah. not really doing her any good as well. Yeah. And I think had I not had a degree of, you know, self-confidence and there wasn't a, uh, you know, a desperate need for me to, you know, to re-sign this client or, or whatever, I probably wouldn't have taken that step. But that well, I would argue that's coming from that is coming from a place of val of values, isn't it? As opposed to, I mean, yeah, yeah maybe your ego started the you know the conversation. Um, but actually, <laughs> if it's if that's coming from a place of, you know, I'm doing this for the right reasons, or what you think are the right reasons. I mean, can you imagine if more people had conversations like that just in real life. <laughs> you know, I mean, that in itself is a great top tip, isn't it? For it, it, it is well, yeah. And the the um, one of the quotes which often springs to mind is, you know, the va the value and depth of your life is often um, a measure of the the amount of difficult conversations you have mm -hmm. with people because you just you know you avoid them at the risk of upsetting people. But yeah. I guess there was always something. I guess there was something inside of me saying, oh, "This will go all right." Like what? And what's the worst that's going to happen? We've got one session yeah. left. The worst that's going to happen is she's going to go. Well, that's a bit out of order. I don't agree with you. Um, we're done. Is that okay? Yeah. So, yeah. and I wasn't attached to the notion of that being the end of anything, you know, too substantial. So, yeah. it, it was okay. But if I may go back to your comments around, um, you know, the stories that we tell and the sort of comfort zone that we that we tell in. How different is, you know, the ego and just arrogance and confidence like where, where is, is there a difference between that is there a simpler yeah, turn that we yeah. can just say well because all those stories the stories the limiting beliefs the questions somebody could go well that's just a lack of confidence and we're yeah, having a I conversation think, yeah. well, around ego or, or only the opposite jen when we say somebody has a big ego mm. is that not just somebody who's really confident and backs themselves yeah, or not possibly oh yeah i always used to say to kids like you can be as you can come across as arrogant as you like but as long as you can back it up mm. <laughs> i used to say that to the the kind of gobby kids in the classroom like it's fine you can say that but can you back it up you know with kind of fact with evidence i think the right. difference is so confidence and arrogance are related to um like your self-esteem aren't they the way you feel about yourself and that and yeah. confidence is that kind of it's a really high intrinsic value isn't it you understand that you're if you're confident you know that um you kind of try without worrying about the failures don't you like your worth isn't measured by achievements or failures or the opinions of others and that kind of stuff whereas arrogance comes from that it's just a sense of superiority over everybody else isn't it and, mm -hmm. and again, I, I mean, I always said that arrogance is the kind of, you know, the fake it till you make it kind of people. Um, they can they can be as arrogant as they like, but if you if you can't back it up, if you, I often see them as quite, you know, the most insecure people. Um, in in that sense, that that's what I think the difference is. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, and I think we're 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 quick to label, aren't we? We're quick to go, oh what an ego on that one you know what a big <laughs> ego but actually you know are they just are they, do they just know themselves really well yeah, or they just maybe. know have they got the 
courage and the self belief that means you know they 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 believe they can do it and they're going to have a go. And I mean, I you know what's well, you know what ego that? you know what ego means in Greek. Go on. It, it just it means me, I. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sit. Yeah. So one could say, well, okay, well, if someone has a, re a really big yeah. ego, they go, well, Socrates said, know thyself, so they cracked yeah. it. If they got a really yeah. big ego, but we we don't say they have. They, we, we use it as a, as a bad thing against them. But I think sometimes what happens is when, and also if your ego is triggered, you know, if your if something is done where your yourself is shaken, you know, yeah, where you yeah, the ego it, operates a, out of self interest, doesn't it? It's all absolutely. about you. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. How do we develop? let's say for for once a better term a healthy ego like how do we get to a place where it's neither destructive or constructive well actually it's definitely not destructive but it's more mm. on the constructive side of it I, um i think same with anything the initial step is awareness of it isn't it mm -hmm. um just just recognizing that that's your ego talking or that's your ego showing up and that's your ego being loud or um, and maybe where, you know, when and where it shows up, because I think that can tell you a lot. If your ego is showing up in, in front of a room full of people, mm. start to ask yourself, hmm, why, why, why do I get super defensive and aggressive in these situations? Some, you know, something like that. And then move through the stages, um, acknowledge it. And then it's practically like mindfulness, isn't it? Like my, that mindfulness mm. stuff is, um, they say do that, don't they, as part of um, the kind of coaching and awareness of ego um, to bring yourself back into the moment so you're not, you know, future focusing on that person attacking your yeah. <laughs> self-belief or whatever, um, but you're just dealing with the now. Um, and a bit of compassion, like, no, don't judge it, don't analyse it, don't... Um, you know, no criticism of it. It's just kind of, it's there. It's part of all of us. Use it as a tool um, for, you know, it's kind of feedback, isn't it? It's a bit of feedback. Yeah. And I guess it's not, it's not going to go away, is it? It's not something which no. you're, you may, you may quieten down those voices, but you're, there'll always be, there might be something that, there might be a story that, that keeps recurring or there might be, Generally, there's a theme, even at, you know, I'm 42 now and I can still, there's still the repeated, the, the patterns are very similar, you know, the same things kind of mm. hang on your shoulder, don't they? And they, they, they show up hopefully less and less as you get more in touch with, you know, who you are and what you stand for and what you want to achieve. Mm. And those moments and those triggers get less and less and less and less, but they still show up at times and sometimes they then accumulates to the point where you get to sort of where you were when you're stuck and you're like oh what like what's happening now yeah um it's yeah that's a good point so the, the if you are aware of they call them ego fixations mm. so if you are that kind of like well i am an organized person i have to have <laughs> and i need to maintain this image of myself like you know the kind of perfectionists and control freaks and the, the, oh. those kind of the way people describe themselves in that way those kind of labels are often a good indicator of 
you know, well, I'm, I don't want to look like I'm a mess in front of other people. I don't want to come across as not organized or tidy. Like that is your ego talking. Right. You know, I can't I can't be seen without makeup on on Instagram or going down. I mean, I, I've been like that. Like I would never step out of the house without putting makeup on, even if it's just a nip for a pint of milk. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of those. Yeah. Who we think we should be. And if that's cropping up in, you know, elements of your life. Um, oh, because it's just exhausting. Oh, yeah, like trying to maintain facades like that all the time, um, and and really limiting. It's quite it's, the ego is quite a limiting thing, isn't it? If, if uh, you're sticking to those labels, yeah, because it, yeah, it can be. Um, it's How does your you... ego show up? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you were saying all that kind of stuff because a lot, the, a lot of what you just said is is very, um, very indicative of how I've led a lot of my life in terms of tidy, organised, bit of a perfectionist. You know, always wanting things, you know, in an order and clean and tidy, and you know, mm-hmm. not not willing to to make mistakes, or at least if I have made mistakes, certainly not willing to share them. That was, that's definitely been one of my biggest, I'd say, pitfalls in life is mm. the the inability to, to fail and to voice that and kind mm. of know that it's okay. Um, Blame you, Ben. Well, I have sort of actually in the past. Yeah, I have. But and even now, that's a difficult conversation sometimes to have because because they're not ready to hear that. But Mm. I guess there is a as you were talking and you were going, well, you know, going out without makeup on and doing this and doing that. You know, there is a danger, obviously, going down the other end of the sliding scale and be like, well, I just don't care. Like, I don't care what yeah, people think yeah. of me. I don't care. And there is that fine balance between not giving a shit about what other people think of you, which can be really healthy, but also not to a point. Not, <laughs> yeah, not to a point where it, it sacrifices yeah, yeah, your yeah. own self yeah. actual yeah. care. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a balance there. Yeah, but I think. Uh, how does my ego show up? So a lot, a lot of the things that you said, actually, in terms of doing things right, um, not wanting to fail, um, you know, having made mistakes and, and not told anyone about it and just having to work things out and put in that brave face. What about feedback from people? Can you deal with feedback being told off? So... Um, <laughs> That's one of mine. I don't do confrompensation. <laughs> it, it, much better than I was. Yeah. Still because of... I guess there's certain, I guess, big kind of life-changing events that have happened to me, which I've interpreted as that other person has fed back to me that I'm not good enough. So that when somebody then, you know, either at work or whatever, an unexpected conversation, I'm thinking, like, what have I done wrong? So I I do still get that instinctive gut feeling to go, you know, if the phone rings and it's this person, I go, they don't normally call me, shit, what have I done wrong? (laughs) So I and it's just an automatic trigger, yeah. Um, and I can't. I think it's less than it was. One, it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is common. <laughs> um, but I've realised, you know, when you get older, you realise that most things are undoable. Like you can sort most stuff out. It might be difficult. It might be awkward. But there's very few things that you can't undo. You know, if, mm. if they've happened. Mm. And I think having that philosophy has helped me to just go. 
well, okay, all right, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a tap tearing off here. I'll deal with it. I'll clean up the mess, and we move on, and we move on because yeah. you are gonna have to clean up the mess a lot of time in life. But yeah. when you when you yeah. set yourself those high standards, you you don't want mess. <laughs> you 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 did something about messiness, didn't you? To uh, uh, this yeah. week, yeah, um, I think yes. that's part of it. Yeah, embracing the the messiness. Yeah, because yeah, the ego is righteousness isn't it it just wants to be right so having yeah. some humility around um yeah actually i fucked it up this time i get it you know help 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 me deal with it asking for help maybe you know <laughs> yeah. so, there's another one there's another one there's a really difficult one for me yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes but nobody it's... can do it as well as you can of course they can't <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't have achieved what <laughs> Okay. Well, all right then. So, how how can your ego be useful? Well, you know, when can it be useful? If we, I mean, we've described it in relatively sort of negative terms, haven't we? Mm. Like kind of the labels and the pessimism and whatever. So, how you know when could your ego be really useful? Good question. That that's quite um, yeah. That's quite a complex that's a good one. Question. Maybe. How could my how can my ego be useful? So I guess it's kind of when it, when is it okay to to use the label or to you know kind of stick to your guns or I guess it's those kind of moments maybe is a way to describe it. Yeah, um, I wonder whether or not this. Not sure whether or not this ties in, but I I'd um, I tell you a shift that I've noticed recently in myself, and whether I don't know whether it's not an ego thing or not, but I've. When I grew up uh, and observing some of um, observing some of my dad's behaviours, I'm going to go too deep into my family stuff. But I at times thought that he was um, almost confrontational and almost rude to things. And as I've as I've looked into this, like he, you know, he'd complain about something or he'd call someone out or do something. And I was kind of looked more into it and did some personality stuff. I actually just realized that he was really assertive at some points and he was just quite assured of himself that he was right. Now, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is his probably at times his pitfall in terms of thinking that he's right and somebody else is wrong. But there's certainly instances that I look back and go, actually, he was actually just standing up for himself and thinking what was right. Now he may Mm. have done it in the right way, but he had that level of assertiveness to kind of do that and go, well, I'm going to say my piece. It might upset you. It might make people around me awkward, but this is what I think needs to be said. Mm. And that's helped me in the last few years to, to understand that it's not, it's not just about being confrontational. It's about having that assertiveness. And that can happen in, you know, your, your work, your relationship with your, with your partner, with your kid, you know, the ability to just say no or call out people, how you interact in shops, like if somebody does something or whatever it is, or in a, even something simple, you know, like being in a taxi and they, they go in a different route and you kind of go, hang on a minute. Um, mm. you, you, so basically my dad really didn't like ever people taking him for, like he, if he felt that he was oh, being cheated yeah, or felt yeah, that he was yeah. being he would have very, very zero tolerance for that. Mm. Zero tolerance for it. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is really awkward now. We can do this and this. So I, I don't know, that, that, I guess, getting closer to who I am and what I 
and how I want to be treated perhaps has helped me have a healthier ego and help me have a, de- a develop more of an assertive nature um, in things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There are studies that have found like that, that, like the way you describe it, that healthy dose of ego can um, actually really help with willpower. So, you know, that, right. that just that ability, I am right about this diet. I am right about the way this project mm. is heading. I'm right about the, you know, when actually, you know, so, I mean, so it has to be healthy, doesn't it? It has to be a kind of maybe a, a critical thinking ego <laughs> yeah um, but it's not necessarily always a bad thing because it can directly feed into your mindset willpower drive focus like all those things that when you kind and, of use it properly so to speak and it's similar to the conversation around you know narcissism like you know mm. right now if you you were you were you use the word narcissistic and it, it, it automatically it's like that is a really bad thing to have and actually there's a there's a healthy degree of narcissism that's needed in everyone to to get certain things done like it's it's not it's not all bad you know um so i think, I think it's like your email thing though it, it's it's the tone isn't it it's the how you put it across it's the how you um verbalize it it's the caveats you add to it isn't it it's not um, it's not the kind of being super blunt and affronting and direct, you know, isn't it? I think it, the way you do things. Um, yes. Matters. Yeah. And, it, you know, that was framed in that, look, I, I, there's some things which I have observed. There's some things which I would like to feed back on. There are some things which I think are going to help us move forward. Um, and then you can kind of be a little bit, you know, ballsy about it. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and yourself, like, what about um, when have you found that your ego can be useful? Useful. Um, I mean, I'm just always right, so. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next, um, next time. Me up, really. <laughs> I think... Um... I think it is that my ego has been useful when it's when when you just know I think it is when you're coming from a place of a deep rooted value and you know you are coming from a good place Mm. you know and you're you're pushing for that thing or you know the project to be run in this way or for people to be to be trying to do something in a in a certain way because you know it's the most efficient and you know like there are really good valid reasons for why you're banging on about <laughs> yeah, yeah you know keeping the kitchen tidy in that way or whatever <laughs> i'm i'm very aware of my ego in those moments the control <sighs> freak in me who but it i know it comes from a place of this is the most efficient way of doing it. Why would you waste your time doing it that way? And my way is the right way. <laughs> but again, you know, I, I, there are moments of those kind of moments where I go, oh my God, Jennifer, just let go. You know, it, I think sometimes you do have to go, let, let the kids make a mess, let them fuck it up, let them get it wrong. Don't yeah. try to con- don't let your ego try to control the situation because how the hell are they going to learn? I think that's one of the mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. a parenting mm-hmm. perspective, or maybe even a leadership thing. You know, let let people get it wrong. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm very very aware of the perfectionist control freak in me. <laughs> it comes from a good place. <laughs> that's what I tell myself anyway. Yeah, and you know, it has it, it's it's served you well up until a certain point, right? 
Um, yeah, but uh, you know, guess... you have to be aware that it can, you know, irritate everybody around you and um, damage relationships. I mean, some of these little things it... make a big difference, don't they? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's when you definitely need to be aware that it's your ego mm. um, mm -hmm. and how to, um, yeah, filter it down a little bit. <laughs> interesting. 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 Yeah, it topic. is interesting. There's so um, much more you could delve into, and and all the different challenges to um, old Freud and and what he developed as well. All the different studies and stuff that have been done since. Yeah. To talk yeah. about it, it's um, yeah. So, so I think the I think the main takeaway point, right, is that it's not it's not this sort of bad thing no, to have, no, you know, and there is a. There was a healthy ego, there was an unhealthy ego, or whatever you mm. want to call it, or an unhealthy id, or um, yeah. and it's it's um, yeah, I guess it's just being aware of, of, of when it shows up and how it shows up and what you need to do to tame it mm. uh, so that it doesn't take over you. Uh, yeah. yeah, and recognizing that it, it that it probably is your ego if you're so you know you just absolutely have to want to stick in your comfort zone um, mm. and mm. just and yeah just understanding when it shows up i think is a really powerful thing because yeah. then you can then then you can do what you want with it can't you you can choose to ignore it or you know choose to reflect and and do something with it so yeah and um like i say it's it's often uh, said this a lot but it's often it's often characterized as this like oh really bad thing but actually from a it, it could be a bad thing in that it's 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 almost like it could create like a bit of a safety for you you know a bit of a mm -hmm. safety blanket like to, to wrap yourself up in your in your own ego but when you say that you automatically just see someone who's really selfish and they're kind of like really it's all about themselves and God, they just don't have any concern for anyone, for anyone else but actually sometimes it's it's almost the opposite like it's keeping you safe mm. and you're not you know you're not thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about what you can do and you're you're, you're staying stuck and you're not taking that leap of faith etc etc so mm. yeah interesting topic very interesting topic very love it let's pull the plug yeah i'm gonna go feed my ego somewhere now <laughs> enjoy right <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We will be back probably for one more before the summer break. We Do we know what we're talking about? I think we do, but we, you can pick we, the next we one. change this one. Let me just have a look back in the notes. Um, they don't care. The listeners don't care. Oh, they do. There's thousands of them, Jenna. They're all waiting on the edge of their seats now. Again. What's oh, the next know, that, topic? What's the next topic? I've, that's what I've got to deal with this afternoon, all the advertising. Um, all the questions that are coming. Yeah, all the people that want to, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know what's going to be on, but we were going to have one more before we yep. break. And thanks again, and speak soon. Yep. Happy coaching. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or you could leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from Alex and Jen, head over to Instagram, follow at Alex Manos Coaching for Alex and at The Direction Coach for Jen. Thanks once again and we'll see you next time.